You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. So we're doing a series on Exodus. That's what we're here to do today, right? We're doing a series on Exodus. And we've been reading about this story, and it's a great story, but it points to a greater story. And the greatest story is the one we'll hear on Easter. And we're basically, this is like a 13-week Easter series because it's all pointing to the Easter story. And I can't wait. And just a little reminder, last week we talked about the importance of being a people who remember. Do y'all remember? <laughs> That's good. Because uh, we're prone to be a people who forget, right? And so last week we, we talked about the importance of remembering. We talked about Passover and how cool that was. And we see that like right after, so God leads the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt but Pharaoh's coming after them. Y'all remember this? And it's they're pinned between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. And God parts the sea, demonstrating he clearly has control over the water. Right? He parts the sea. They walk across it. He swallows the army. And so it's clear that God has control of the water. But they walk out of the wilderness and they start to whine and complain, don't they? And they're like, there's nothing to drink. Right? God has just shown them. I control the water. And so they go in the wilderness. There's nothing to drink. And then I want to show you guys. This to me sums up last week. Exodus 15, 27. It says, Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. There's no water. He leads them to a place where there's, tw- I don't know everything about ancient Israel, but something tells me the number 12 is one we should remember. And he leads them to a place where there's 12 springs, and I think the inference is there's plenty of water, right? Had they heard the song, they would have known he could get it from a rock. <laughs> At least honey. Don't throw that. Might be honey. In so, like, that's what's going on. Uh, God's done all these things. And here's the deal, like, we see them whining about things that are legitimate needs, right? Like, if you're in the desert, let's say I say, all right, guys, we're all going to go for like a seven-day camp out, and we all go to the desert, and I say, hey, um, everyone should know I didn't bring any food or water. I mean, that would be a legitimate concern, wouldn't it? And so even though their concern is legitimate, it's almost as though God lets them be concerned so that they learn to depend on God. It's almost like God allows them to thirst so that they learn to depend on God. And there's just this rhythm we begin to see in this book of Exodus. And there's a rhythm that we see in the Bible. And I think uh, today, if you got your Bible, open it up. And so many of you do. I love that. If you don't have one, bring it next week. We can give you one if you, don't, if you, don't, if you need one. Open up to Exodus chapter 16. Uh, we're going to do 16 through 18 today, but I'm going to focus in on 16. That's why it is so important that in your groups you dive into six. There's so much meat here. I'm giving you an appetizer, okay? Go back with your family and with your groups and really dive into this stuff because there is gold in these chapters. And we only have time to touch on a little bit of it. But open up to Exodus chapter 16. Uh, let's start with verse 1. And I'm going to ask my friend David if he would read it to you guys. David, would you? Thanks, Tommy. And it's a real privilege for me and my wife and some of the team to be here. So thank you for letting us share in your service. Exodus 16, verse 1. Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after their departure from the land of Egypt. 
the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? Moses said, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. It came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening that the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Thank you, sir. By the way, my friend David's from Landmark. <laughs> I don't know. Landmark people talk different. <laughs> uh, man, is that, by the way, I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass him, but how gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I should just be quiet for the rest of the service, but I'm not. Um, but man, uh, yeah, what a, what, what a gorgeous passage of scripture, Okay. Like, and it's so, like, they have these legitimate needs, right? But there was a word repeated over and over. Did you catch what it was? Grumbling. Grumbling. And I know y'all don't know that this at this church, but sometimes church people can, sometimes they can grumble, mutter, they get mad, and like, and so they're muttering and grumbling, and it's as though, I mean, God has been doing really cool stuff. They've seen it, but the minute they don't see it, they freak out. The minute they can't see the provision, they begin to mumble and complain. The minute they can't see the promise, they begin to mutter. The minute they can't see what they need and want from God, they turn on him. It's crazy, isn't it? And then God, out of his grace and his kindness and his mercy, and just because he's God and he's so good, he says, listen, I'm going to feed you, but I'm going to do it my way. In, in verse 4 there it said, Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, so I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. He says, I'm going to provide for you, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to give you daily bread because I want to see if you'll trust me daily. I know you have a legitimate problem. I get it. You know, it's, it's a real need, but I want you to trust me on a daily basis. And so he's, not, he's like, I'm not going to give you an Excel document that outlines the next 40 years. I'm simply creating a system where every single day you must come to me for those things which you depend on. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. And so let's, let's go big picture on what has happened. God has rescued his chosen people. He's delivered them from Egypt uh, by the blood of the lamb, right? He, he's taken them out in the wilderness, and this is a people who don't have a lot. I'm willing to bet none of those people right now consider themselves wealthy. They don't have a lot. They're confused. They don't really know where they're going. And God says, listen, I just want you to come to me daily. Daily I want you to depend on me. Isn't the Old Testament God interesting? And, and then, then we read the New Testament. And there's this story that I, I really want you guys to read this one this week. Maybe even today when you get home. Matthew 5 through 7. It's gorgeous. So Jesus gathers together his chosen people. He's preparing to deliver them by the blood of the Lamb. These are not the wealthiest people in town. As a matter of fact, he says, blessed are those who are poor and blessed are those who are mourning and blessed are those who are being persecuted. He gathers them together and gets them in a big meeting out in the desert. He says, okay, uh, now that I've got you all, I'm going to teach you how to live in a new way. Just like the Israelites. He says, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to live in a new world, in a new way. And then he says, as a matter of fact, I want to teach you how to talk to my dad when you talk to him. And he teaches them this prayer in Matthew 6, 9. And he says this, pray then. In this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Interesting. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But did y'all catch that right there in verse 11? Give us this day what? Our daily bread. He says, when you talk to my father, I want you to say, give us this day our daily bread. And so it's almost as if like, like and you see this repeated a lot, like, like this day, be present this day, give me this day. And then as you keep reading the Bible, you read from people like Paul and James and John, and they say, God wants you to be thankful daily. Every day, God wants you to thank him in all things, rejoice, in all things, give thanks. So if you take this message and you put it together, what you see is a theme that says we are to ask God for our daily needs. We are to go to God daily. And then we, each day we should say, God, I thank you for what this day was, even if this day wasn't what I wanted it to be. Amen. And that's the theme, that we will go to God daily and ask him for our daily bread. And that each day we will thank him for the day that was. How hard is that to do? It's super hard. It's super hard to be constantly thankful. It's super hard to trust God, right? Because I've got legitimate needs. God, you don't understand what I'm going through, right? I, I know that I could cut this corner and I could satisfy it. I know I could do this thing, and, and I know I could get there, and so I've got a legitimate need, but you want me to wait on you, and even if you don't give me what I want in that day, you want me to say thank you? <laughs> it's a difficult system, isn't it? Have, let me ask you guys a fun question. Have you ever 
said something while you were thinking something else. Let me, let me give you a little, a little... Oh, Betty Sue, you look so good in that dress. I'm so happy for you. No, you're not. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh, girl, how are you? So good to see you. I hate her. Now, I know y'all have never done that, but at the other churches, they do stuff like that, right? Because not, not, oh, not us, right? You never, you never said something when you were thinking something else. This is good, honey. I, I, that's never happened in my home. I'm telling you that right now. But occasionally, we say something when we're thinking something else. And so there have been times, even, even in the Lord's Prayer, there have been times when I was praying that prayer, but in my heart I was saying something else. God was praying the Lord's Prayer, and, you know, I was in a sticky situation, and I've been in a few of them, and y'all know that. But, like, I was, I was praying the Lord's Prayer, but my heart was really saying a different prayer. Matter of fact, I was praying the Lord's Prayer, but here's the prayer my heart was really saying. Deity somewhere in the distance that I have spent very little time with lately. I believe your name has power but probably not the power to give me what I think I need in this moment. Your kingdom come to this certain part of my life where I currently want you, but don't totally consume me. Your will be done when your will is what I want. Give me this day the bakery. Forget about the bread. <laughs> give me this day the bakery so that I don't have to trust the baker every day. Forgive me for what I'm about to do. And please stay out of my way when I follow temptation, but bail me out of the consequences of it when I do. A little more accurate, perhaps? <laughs> Are we touching on something here? I was saying the Lord's Prayer, but what I was thinking was, the bread? Give me the bread? No, 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 no. Give me the bakery. And I'll let the baker know when I need him again. Don't, don't just give me the bread. No, I, I need the whole plan. I need that, I need that whole thing solved now. I need that, I need that job. I need, I need that relationship. I, I need that now. I'm asking for the whole thing. So just give me what I'm, I'm telling you I need, and I'll let you know if I need you again soon. My heart, my heart reflected what was, what was real. My mouth said something, but my heart said something else. But there's a reason God doesn't do business in this way. There's a reason God doesn't do business in this way. Because, like, when we pray that, that fake prayer, the little prayer, and then we end, we end that prayer with, in Jesus' name, give me everything I want. He's like, don't stamp my name on that one. <laughs> that wasn't in my name. That was in your name. But, like, we, we, there's, God doesn't do business that way because there's this tendency for us to not really want God involved in our daily life. I'm not asking for my daily bread because then he'll be involved in my daily life. I'll ask him for my Sunday bread. I'll ask him for a communion wafer, right? <laughs> but if he's in my daily life, then he might comment on my daily life. Like, I like him in the Sunday 10 a.m. life, but in the Friday night at 10 p.m. life, yeah, come on now, right? If we're asking him for our daily bread, then he might want to actually get involved in our daily lives, so maybe we should stop and think about what we're asking for. But the reason God doesn't do that, because he knows that the greatest thing he can do is keep us dependent on him daily. So that's the most amazing thing he could do for us. 
Israelites freed from slavery and learning this new life. And God could have said, all right, listen, guys, here's the plan. Uh, I'm going to give you a map, and you just follow it. And when you get there, you know, things will be cool. But he said, no, no, I, I want to create a system where every single day for every need you have, you have to come to me. And I don't think he's changed. I think he's saying the same thing to us today. That he doesn't just, just want to be someone who gives us the plan and then we go and forget about him. That he actually wants to be involved in our daily lives. That he wants us to wake up thinking about him. And he wants us to go to sleep thanking him for the day that was. Like He wants to be part of everything. He cares that much. And, and not only that, God said, remember in that verse, he said, and this is a test. And it's not a test so that God knows our heart. God knows our heart. It's a test so that we can know what's truly in our heart. And so as you encounter the little situations along the day, how do you respond to those situations? Do you thank God that you still have his presence? God, this is a tough situation, but I've still got your presence. Or do you do the same thing the Israelites did? Matter of fact, y'all see if you can find a pattern. Exodus 15, 24. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we going to drink? Exodus 16, 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Exodus 17, 3. But the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses. What's the theme? Grumble. Grumble. How do you respond when you don't get the promise you want in the time you want it? How do you respond? How do you respond when, when, when it's not what you wanted to be in the time you wanted it to be? And is, if you can't see the promise, is his presence still sufficient? On the, on, the day when you, on the day when you can't see the bread, will you stay in love with the baker? On the day when she's not and he's not and it's not. And it, what's not on those days when it's not what you wanted it to be, can you be satisfied that you know you have his presence alone? Can you still show gratitude when times are difficult? For the, for the Israelites, and maybe for me and you at some point, when I didn't get what I wanted, his presence wasn't sufficient for me. Maybe you've been there. I learned something this week as I was writing this message. It wasn't about the bread. It's not about the bread. It's never been about the bread. It, it's never, ever been about the bread. It's, it's, it's asking God for daily bread is not about the bread. It's about being with God daily. Understand that I have access to his presence on a daily basis. Understand that while I'm asleep, he's still working and I'm still in his presence. Understand that no matter what happens to me, I will never be separated from the presence of God. And if I find myself ever in a situation where I have no bread, I still have his presence. And the world can't take that from me because I don't belong to the world. And we have to see it this way. You have to believe that his presence is more valuable than any promise. That just him alone, if he, if he never gives us another thing, then he is sufficient for me. If he, if he never does another thing I ask him to do, then he is sufficient for me. And some days that prayer is so easy to pray, isn't it? Some days you can go to bed and go, God, yes, man, today was good. Like I felt you and I knew you and you were there and I saw. And some days that prayer is brutally difficult. But it's on the days when it's tough. When you realize how amazingly sustaining his presence can be even in a desert. Even in the driest desert in the world. The presence of God can shift the way you see things. 
And listen, I think, I think God wants to provide for his children. I think it's his heart to provide for his children. But along the way, as, as, as we seek his presence above all the stuff, as we seek his presence above the gifts, we begin to see how he's providing for us in a way we didn't expect. We asked for something, and he may have given us something better, but only those who are in his presence can actually see what he's doing. I'm thinking about when the Israelites had their back against that wall, when the Egyptians are coming against them and there's this sea right here, do you think they thought God was going to open it up? I guarantee you one of them was like, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know he'd do that. Do you think, you think when they're out there praying, God, give us some food. We're hungry. And all of a sudden, quail start falling and bread. What a delicious, have y'all ever had quail? It's delicious, isn't it? What a deliciously cool way to feed your people. It's not, he didn't give them pigeon. <laughs> here's pigeon and a ritz. He gave them, he gave them like, here's quail and manna, which if you've never had manna, it's, it's, it's like uh, Captain Crunch, but fluffier. It's wonderful. I've never had it either, but it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I can only imagine how amazing it was. And so he gives them the most amazing meal the world has ever known, and they didn't see it coming that way. And again, like, they got water from a rock, guys. When's the last time you got water from a rock? They were about to stone Moses. They were about to stone him because they weren't getting what they wanted. And then God said, hold on, before you stone him, let me just show you something. There's water in them things. Hold tight. I mean, th th this is absolutely incredible. And it is possible that God is working in your situation and you just can't see it because you spent no time in the presence of God. Because you spend no time with him, you don't really trust him. You just call him in when you need him, like, like some sort of cosmic 911. And because we're not spending real time in his presence, we're not seeing the truth of the promise that's happening all around us. We're missing it. The Israelites were so concerned with the promise of a land that they weren't to yet that they missed out on the daily presence of the king of the universe. Like, that will not be me. It can't, it can't be us. It's like, I, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but in this moment, I have the presence of the king. And I don't know if she is or he is or it's going to, but gosh, right now, oh, God, I'm, I'm in your presence. And I'm going to be okay. Because one way or another, it all ends in glory. And so I can trust you. And as we learn to, to abide daily with God, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, it changes the way we see everything else. Right? Again, I, I, I want to remind you guys, we are entering a political season. Um, those who are abiding and, and abounding and overwhelmed by the presence of God aren't posting stupid things on Facebook. <laughs> They're just not. Because the moment doesn't steal their joy. Oh, by the way, though, on Facebook this week. <laughs> no, this is so good. Uh, a guy in the Sheridan page, I hope he's watching. I hope he goes to this church. He posted like 18 paragraphs comparing chicken fingers at, uh, did y'all see this one? Com comparing chicken fingers at two different gas stations. Honestly, it's the best thing I've read in social media in 10 years. It was hilarious. I loved it. I felt like it was life-giving. But, again, that's not the point of anything I'm trying to say. But it was beautiful. Um, yeah. Is his presence sufficient when you can't see the promise? 
Is his presence sufficient when you can't see the promise? Just to know that he's with you. That's, that's where he wants to take us. That's where he's leading us to. And so I want us to do this this week, and I've already been doing this because I wrote the sermon, so like, but I, I want us to join together maybe for 30 days in praying a, a morning prayer that's very specific and an evening prayer that's very specific. And let me show this to you. Here's the morning prayer. Every morning, like let, before you check social, before you do it, like let this be how you're, and y'all get your phone, you take, you take pictures of this with your phone. Let this be how your day begins. God, I trust you for this day. And even if I don't see the bread, I trust that I will have your presence. I trust you for the day that will be. So we're going to start our day like that for 30 days. Oh, it's God, God, I, I, I trust you. And you know I've got needs, and some of them are legitimate. And you know I've got fears, and, and you know, God, you know you. But even if I don't see them, I trust that you are with me. And then we're going to end our days like this. I thank you, God, for the day that was. I know that you are with me. And then this last line, man, this is the one where God just shouted at me. Your presence is worth more to me than bread. And even if I don't see the bread, I will rest well knowing that you are present. And so can we be in covenant with each other for 30 days? To start our day like this and to end our day like this. And some days it's going to be easy. Right? Some days it's going to be easy, easy, easy. And some days it's going to be hard. Because there's going to be a lot of days when we start our day not knowing. And we end our day still not knowing. So on those days, we must fall back on the one thing we do know. And that is that the king of the universe will never leave or forsake us. The king of the universe is present with us. And regardless of whether or not you can see the bread, the baker is completely and totally in love with you. Guys, I don't, don't sweat the bread, okay? Because you're in the presence of the baker. He's got you. He knows. He loves you. For 30 days, we will bask in the presence of the king of the universe. And if bread falls, man, let's eat it. And if it doesn't, let's trust that he is still God. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.